Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. All right. Well, again, a warm welcome to you all. Uh, welcome to Centre Church. If this is your first time with us, I trust you feel at home in our midst. Um, and for those who are our members, again, a warm welcome to you uh, this Sunday. Uh, we are on a series as a church looking through to Timothy. And uh, we've titled the, the, the series Entrusted uh, because in many ways this was Paul's final letter to Timothy, really entrusting the things to him that were in his heart. It's kind of like, in a sense, kind of beside someone who's on their deathbed, they're kind of communicating their final thoughts to Timothy. Now, there might have been other interactions past this point between Paul and Timothy, but very much we feel as we read through this, this, this book or letter in its entirety, you really get the sense that Paul is pouring out his heart to Timothy of things that he really needs to know or, or retain or come back to. And so today we're going to carry on in this series. We're on our week three. Um, and so far we've looked at uh, the very beginning of the passage where uh, Timothy has been encouraged to fan into flame the gifts of God that are in his life, the things that have been placed in inside of his heart, uh, this, this lineage he's got from his, his grandmother, his mom, now the sincere faith that dwells in him, and that he's to steward that, right? He's to keep going forward. He's not to bury it, but it needs to come into flame. It needs to be this passion that moves his life. Uh, last week, we had a great message from Wish. If you haven't heard it, I encourage you to go online to hear it. It was just an impassioned message about not being ashamed of the gospel, right? But to stand strong, to, to take hold of what God has called us to. Now, today, we're going to read a little bit further into this passage. In fact, we're going to read a few verses uh, from 2 Timothy 1.13 to 2 Timothy 2.13. So it's a little bit of the Bible we're going to go through, and then we're going to unpackage it this morning. So are you ready? Okay, I'm going to say it one more time. Are you ready? Yes. All right, let's get, in, let's get excited. We're in church. Yeah, we're reading. We're reading, okay. We're reading. Here we go. 2 Timothy, <laughs> chapter 1. What you heard from me, keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that is, was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including, say it with me. Yeah, and? Good, thank you. May the Lord show mercy on the household of? Great, thank you. Because he often refreshes me and is, uh, was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, he was in Rome. He searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the timings you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in the suffering like a good soldier in Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather uh, tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive the share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, 
for the Lord will give you insight in all this. Remember, Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may attain salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here's a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we'll also reign with him. If, uh, if we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Amen. Amen. There's a lot there, uh, and uh, we're not going to be able to unpackage all of it in its entirety, but we're going to pull out the f- kind of some key thoughts that are coming through uh, from Paul in this time. Paul starts off this passage with a challenge to Timothy to do this. In verse 13, reading it one more time, it says, What you've heard from me, keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Keep the pattern. Know the pattern. So we're going to start looking this morning of knowing the pattern. Paul had a a pattern of sound teaching, of what it looked like to to unpackage the gospel, what it looked like to understand what God was saying. It was the way he he taught. It was the fullness. I mean, if you read through his epistles, uh, the various letters he wrote to the church, you see a pattern of teaching where he really uh, unpackages what Christ has done, why Christ came. Paul had to conflict with two permeating thoughts in the early church. One was that of the law continuing to be in the church, and that was that uh, so that was on one side of the equation. The other side of the equation was uh, the church saying, hey, there's grace. We can do whatever we like. Uh, we, can, we can sin because there's grace. And so Paul had to anchor the, these thoughts that actually God has saved us by grace. He's, he's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. We're not under the law. We're under grace. But because we're under grace doesn't mean we can keep sinning, do what we like. And so Paul, in his letters, he unpackages all of this. And Timothy was along with him all those years and understood this pattern of teaching, teaching. Now, a pattern shows you, if you follow a pattern, you should have the attended result at the end, if you follow the plans. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, I took home economics uh, in Canada, as you do as a young man, and you learn how to sew. How many, how many guys, not girls, how many guys learned how to sew in school? Thank you. Thank you. I see those three hands. Four hands. Learn how to sew. Okay, now, if you pull up the next slide, uh, this is a pattern. Uh, how many of you know, have seen one of these before? Okay, what happens is a pattern is you put it on fabric, right? And you cut out around the pattern. And uh, depending on how big you are or how small you are, you follow the line, right? And so long as you stay in the right color, you're going to be okay. Yes? You're going to be okay. And the idea of the pattern is if you cut out these pieces just as they are and you sew them together with the instructions and in the order that they are to be done, you will intend with, in this case, a dress. Right? Woo! A dress. And I never sewed a dress, so I don't know what that would be like. But I did sew a jumper. And uh, I remember in our class that not everyone followed the pattern very well. And uh, if you don't follow the pattern very well, what happens to your jumper? It looks wonky. Okay? You've got like a super long arm. You've got just this weird looking thing going on. And I remember some of my friends, uh, they didn't, I mean, they thought, I mean, it was a required subject. So some guys did not take it very seriously. 
And so when they got their finished product, I think, man, this is the weirdest looking jumper I've ever seen. Why? Because they didn't follow the pattern. Now, for some of you, you've never done this, but maybe the next one, uh, if you've ever bought anything from Ikea, okay, you get something like this, okay, this pattern, right? And you think, okay, it's pretty straightforward. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Well, sometimes it goes wrong in that you get to the end, you're thinking, how did I end up with all these extra bits? Um, maybe they're just extra bits, or it just doesn't, you, you better not sit on that or lay on it. I think this is a, this is, um, a bed, uh, uh, a loft bed. So you want to make sure you've done it right. Now, a pattern is important because if you follow it, someone's went through the process of fine-tuning what needs to go where, how it needs to be fastened, and if you follow it, it will be safe to use. It will look like it was meant to, to be fashioned for. Now, the same thing goes in our Christian faith. We have a pattern of Scripture, of, uh, of understanding that if we follow the guidelines, if we follow the pattern, actually we'll be well-grounded and we'll produce the fruit our lives are meant to produce. And this is what Paul is telling to Timothy. Keep in mind the context that there's other people around him that are falling away, that are being ashamed of, of Paul and the gospel, and they're kind of pulling back. And, and Paul's saying, look, if you follow the pattern, your life will bear fruit. It will be good. It, you'll be a good soldier. You'll be a good athlete. You'll, you'll, you'll be the farmer that reaps the prize uh, of the, the, the return of the, the, the investment. Now, for us, I think a checklist I think if you've given your life to Jesus, you need to know the pattern of sound teaching. What does it look like to have sound teaching in your life, whether you're giving it or receiving it? One is that, does it promote faith? You know, again, we can listen to all sorts of, uh, of preaching, or you can go online. I mean, with the internet, you can be part of every service under the sun around the world every day. You could just be having so much input into your life. But one of the questions, does it promote faith in Jesus? Is it faith-driven or is it legalism? You know, sometimes things sound so good, but it is all work-based. If you do this, if you do this, if you do this, and, and you can get yourself under this load of, of slavery. Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. Does it point to Jesus? Or is it pointing to someone else or something else? Uh, does it, is it grounded in Scripture? I mean, I've listened to some passage or some messages over the years, and you get to the very end of the whole service, and you're thinking, did he actually read anything of the Bible? Was there anything in Scripture actually presented in all of that? Or was it just a nice idea? Was it just making me feel good? You see, it needs to be founded upon what the Word of God says. If it's not on the Word of God, can I just say, it's not sound teaching. Are they used? Are the Scriptures used in context? I remember being in a few services, again, over the years, and you hear different people preaching, and they pull these little passages of Scripture, these one-liners out of somewhere in Leviticus or somewhere in the, the, the prophets, and they build a whole message around it, and you're thinking, hold on. That's not what the, 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 the writer was saying. That's not the context in which it was written. So can I just say, when you hear a message, can, look at what the passage is from. Is this the context in which it's been given? Again, that's about understanding sound teaching. Paul was saying to Timothy, look, you need to, this pattern I've given you of sound doctrine, of how to teach, how to receive teaching, if you follow it, you'll be grounded. It'll be okay. And I think for you and for me, don't just be people that listen to everything you say and never interrogate it and say, does it, does it fit what is right? 
Sometimes we can be led astray with all sorts of clever sounding ideas, but they're not found in God. You see, the enemy also comes as an angel of light. And he, he wants to pull us off course and he'll use, I mean, the Bible talks so clearly, uh, you know, in the end times there'll be false teachers and prophets and they'll lead even if it was possible, the elect away. Why? Because if we get caught up into man's ideas and not grounded upon sound doctrine, we can get lost. And the enemy pulls us into strange ideas and thought processes that only lead us to enslave us. This is why it's important. Can I say to be part of a local church? Uh, it, it's important to be part of a church that teaches something of Scripture. Hopefully we do that. Amen. Amen. Yeah, hopefully we do that. But you need to be. You're the only one that can control what you dwell upon. And so being discerning is so important. It produces good fruit in us. And so uh, we need to know the pattern of sound teaching. But also, as we keep reading this passage, it says this, Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. Okay, so if I can uh, go through this passage again from the perspective of building. We, we looked at the pattern of building a loft bed. It was a, it was a design now, in order to build it, you need tools. You need this instruction of how to do it. All of us are building our lives. The Bible talks about we build our lives uh, upon the Word of God, and it will be on a rock, but we're building something. And each of us, we, when we receive from the Lord uh, a revelation, a thought, an understanding, something is deposited in our hearts that will help us for the future. Is that correct? So this morning, I'm going to illustrate this a little bit. Uh, in here, I've got a treasure chest. It's a treasure chest. Treasure chest. There we go. Uh, and so in it, I, I thought, what could be such, what could be a treasure for us? And so I thought, if you're building something, what you're going to need is you're going to probably need some, some tools, right? A make-fixer kind of thing. Um, you probably need one of these and maybe one of these and maybe, oh, different things. God works in our lives. You give your life to Jesus and, and God says, look, we, we, we find something of truth of Scripture. We, we're in a service or, or through our own Bible reading. God reveals something to us and it's a deposit into us, right? It's a deposit into our lives. Uh, something that will help us in the future. And so when we're needing to, we face a situation that requires a hammer, we, we, we know what the hammer is and so we can use it, right? Now, the Bible says here, guard it. Guard it. Now, Tom is going to come demonstrate this because he said, he asked me in the week, can you use me in your message to help illustrate? And I said, yeah, of course I can. <laughs> I thought, I used him a few weeks ago. I thought that would be enough for a while. But he said, no, no, Tyler, can I please be involved in your message? Sure. sure, okay. So here I am. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And Tom is wanting to steal my treasures. <laughs> my precious treasures. <laughs> my precious. No, that's a different movie, different thought. <laughs> okay, so Tom is going to come and he's going to try to steal my treasures. And what am I going to do to stop him? What did you say? Are oh, you going to punch him? Okay, well, I don't. Okay. This is a. This is. All right. Okay. <laughs> Violence. They're wanting violence. They're calling for violence. <laughs> so you're going to try. You're going to try to steal it. And what I'm doing, I'm protecting, right? I'm guarding. No, you, you, I'm, <laughs> I'm guarding. I'm guarding. I'm guarding. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. Ah, 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 ah. No. Why? Because they're important, right? Thank you, Tom. Thank you. 
wow, that was good. You know, next week he's going to say, can I do it again? <laughs> you see, God's word, when it's deposited in our hearts, is for a purpose. It is to help us in our times of need. But the enemy is a liar. And you see, right from the very beginning with, with Adam and Eve, God deposited something. He deposited them in the Garden of Eden. He, he put a, a framework around their lives as to where they could bear fruit, where they could be prosperous, where they could experience all God had for them. But the enemy came in, and he, he questioned that. And uh, so it's kind of like this, this, this measuring tape. The, the question is, is that really accurate? Do you really need that? I, I'm sure you can get through the situation without that. I'm sure you can build that without measuring it before you cut it. I'm sure you can do that. Is it really needed? Is it really required? You see, the enemy comes and he, he questions us. He challenges us. Now, that can come with voices or it can come through other people challenging the things that we already know to be true. So the Bible says, look, you need to guard it. You need to protect it because this is of greatest value. If you lose your... The, the deposit, you've lost everything because that is what's going to help you go forward. The good deposit. The good deposit that's in your life. You need to protect with all, at all costs. And the, the Bible says, look, we, we have the spirit that helps us lead us into what? All truth. Why? Because it is ultimately a truth battle. The deposit in our life is a truth battle. The Bible says, look, I have set you free from that, that, that yoke of slavery, that, that thought process, that inferiority complex or the, the unworthiness thought process. I've set you free from that. But the enemy works against you all the time wanting to steal what God has already put inside of your life. We protect it. We don't, we take captive every thought is that we see in 2 Corinthians 10, and we make it obedient to the knowledge of Christ as the Holy Spirit reveals in those moments what is false. It is with the help of the Holy Spirit we need to guard it. Now, as we keep reading in this, we, 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 we flow through this thought process as uh, Paul is saying to Timothy, look, you know the pattern I've given you of sound doctrine, of, of sound teaching, okay? The, Keep hold of that. But then the things that have been already deposited in your life, guard it because it's so important. Then he kind of, Paul goes on in this letter to, to then talk about other people who've, who've wandered away from, from those, those uh, principles or those, the, the foundations of teaching. Uh, and then he go, comes back in chapter 2, verse one, uh, verses 1 and 2. It says, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Now, I want us to just follow the train of thought. Something has been deposited into Timothy's life. But Timothy, this great deposit, this great treasure that's inside of him, is not to go to the grave with him, in so much as he doesn't pass it on. But actually, he says, look, there are other people around you that need to be entrusted with the same thing I've entrusted with you. I entrust you. So Ben, I know you were also asking me this week if you could demonstrate. And so, come, don't worry, I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> so Ben, I see, is a reliable person, right? The, the Bible says, look, Look for reliable people, these people that you can entrust. Now, we have other terminology in Scripture called discipleship. 
Make disciples. This, in essence, is just discipleship. He says, look, the things you've learned from me, the, the sound doctrine that you've learned from me, the, the, the principles you've learned from me and you've, you've grown in, look, entrust to other people. So, look, this hammer is for hitting things. Okay? Yeah. This is how you hit things, right? I, I'm going to show you how to use it. I'm going to entrust it to you. Now, I understand what the hammer's for. Now, Ben is my apprentice. He's my disciple. I'm teaching him how to use the hammer so that he can hit things well. Thank you. Yeah, Go try. Try on Caleb. Try on Caleb. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. No. Okay, just hold it for a second, okay? Can I trust you? Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, good. Because he's a reliable person. I can trust him. Now, the Bible doesn't stop with just me passing it on to one person. Now, Ben has been given this to do one thing with. What is it? Okay, who else wants to come up to be a, a person who wants to be... Okay. All right, one of the, one of the, uh, one of the YWAMers. Come on. Come on. All right, this is YWAM, this is IBTI, this is what you're doing, right? You got people coming into your world, right? Passing you on things that they have learned and have been entrusted with and they're now passing it on to you, right? So Ben, you're gonna pass on. You need to show her how to use it. This is how you, this is how you hit things. Okay, now you've got the hammer and what are you gonna do with it? You're going to pass it on. You're going to pass on the knowledge. You're going to pass on the experience. You're going to pass on all that you've learned. You're going to keep it going. I mean, that's why we're here today, right? Because 2,000 years, over this period of time, people have been passing on the truth. We're only in this room because someone's passed it on to us, right? It's discipleship. It's saying, look, this is important. I'm guarding it from the lies of the enemy, but then I'm passing it on to people so they also can be equipped to build what God is wanting to build in their lives and accomplish all that God has for them. Here, just so you don't see it empty-handed. There you go. <laughs> We've got all these things, all the resources of heaven are made available to us. And it's important for all of us, for those older believers in this room, can I say, pass on what you've got. Some of you got 50, 60 years of experience that God has taught you. You're a master craftsman. Don't let the grave take you without passing on what God's taught you. All those things, all those lessons, all those things that God has instilled in your heart through the hard times, through the difficulties. There are young people. I mean, again, Paul tells Timothy or Titus, the older need to teach the younger. Why? Because you've got something in you that needs to be passed on to the next generation. That's part of what it is to be part of the family of God. Thank you, guys. I'll take back those tools. Thank you. We pass it on. Now, in doing so, it multiplies, doesn't it? That, the truth, can I just say, every time God reveals something to us, there's a revelation, there's a, a light bulb moment, the penny drops in our heart. Can I say it's always with two purposes? It's for you, but it's also for someone else, or someone else. It, it's, it's never just, just for you. It's always so that you can give it away, 
You can pass it along. You know, I think some of you, you've gone through hard things that I've never gone through, but there will come to a point where I might face something that you've gone through already. God's taught you something. He's deposited something in your life. I need to hear it. I need to learn from you how to apply that in my life. We're stronger together as we share and we grow from the good deposits that are inside of us. And we pass it on to the people around us. I mean, again, going back to the title of our series, it's called Entrusted. We are entrusted. If you know Jesus, you've been entrusted already with something that will change someone else's life. But it's not just for you to be saved. It's for the world to be saved. Again, everything we have is to be passed on. Finally, the, the, the last part of this passage, when we look at verses 3 to 12, there's this, this calling ultimately for Timothy to stay the course. I'm not going to read all the verses again, but there's this challenge that uh, as many uh, challenges or, or opportunities to pull away, we see that a soldier isn't to get involved in civilian affairs. Why? Because that's not the mission. Uh, an athlete is to run the race and, and, and follow the, the, the rules of engagement. Otherwise, they won't win the prize if they cheat. The same thing goes for us. We need to fulfill the mission. Go the course. Go the distance. Keep going. And so really this, this passage is we've understood something. God has taught something in a, in a healthy way, in, a, in sound doctrine. Things have been deposited into our lives. We pass that on, but we don't then fall short of what God has called us to do. We keep going. We keep going. Until we live our last days on this earth, God has a plan for our lives. And it's important that we just keep going forward, that we don't stop. We stay the course. The challenge for each of us is to follow God, to finish the race marked out for us. Not deceived by taking the path of least resistance, not being disengaged from the battle. I mean, this is the challenge. Can I just say, Timothy had the same, temp Timothy had the same temptation we have, that when the going gets tough, you back off. Right, Paul's challenge to Timothy is, look, I'm in prison because of my faith in Jesus. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Don't be ashamed of where you're coming from, where you're going. Stay the course. Don't get disengaged by doing things that God hasn't called you to do. We are all called to something great in Jesus. We're all called to do his, per, his plan, his, his purpose. And can I just say, standing on God's word is not always the easiest road to take. It can be, with many resistance, it can, it can, it can have all kinds of obstacles. But it's the only road that leads to eternal life and the eternal benefits that come from following his plan. We have a personal responsibility in closing to do these three things, four, sorry, four things, to know, to know the word of God for ourselves, to understand it in a way that uh, is, is true, to discern it. We have a responsibility not just to listen to whatever kind of new wave of teaching is coming through the internet, but to know and be grounded upon the, the truth of God's word. We have a responsibility. Only you can do that. And the things that God does speak and reveal to be His truth and His word, we need to guard those things from the lies and 
the seat of the enemy. And those things then we need to pass on to other people. We need to, in, we need to dis- deposit into the peoples around us the sphere of influence that we all have. But then, even as Paul says, look, pray for me that even as I've, I've preached and I've done everything, that I myself am not disqualified. We still need to stay the course. We still need to stay the course for ourselves. Keep going, not give up. I want to encourage you with the final, this final statement. Keep growing, keep learning, keep sharing, and keep going. I want to say it one more time so we really get into our heart. Keep growing, keep learning, keep sharing, and keep going. That is the great plan that God has for all of us. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at centerchurch.uk or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.